You're listening to Fox on the Wire podcast. Oh, welcome everybody to another episode of Fox on the Wire. So we're on Skype again today and I'm speaking with Carly Jewell. Carly, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Good to chat with you. We've uh, been talking about this. Well, actually, you've been in my sights for a little while because we follow each other on social media and um, you keep yep. pretty busy. So I'm like, we're going to get her on the show. So it's uh, finally happening. Welcome. Thank you. So uh, 2020 is looking like a pretty big year for you and the band. What are you, what are you going to be getting up to this year? Um, so we have a few shows booked for April. Um, and then we're doing our first tour to Japan, which is pretty exciting. Never been there before and I never really thought about it. And then um, Adrian kind of said at rehearsal one night, he said, you know where your music might work, Carly? He's like, it might do okay in Japan. So I, I thought about it and um, I had seen another artist over there playing all the time, like doing amazing things, um, King George, who I got to play with like many years ago. And I love his music and I've been following for maybe like six years. So I thought, well, let's see how we do it. So, um, yeah, I shot him a message and I said, how do you do it, man? Like, is it easy? Like, is it hard to play over there? And so he shot me over some information and I thought, you know, we can do this. (laughs) So, um, yeah. I um, sent uh, Mark a message who manages um, myself and the band and I said, listen, I've got to call you. I said, I've got this crazy idea, but um, I think it, you know, it should work and we can get it done. And he said, yeah, no worries, call me. And I said, Mark, I said, I want to go to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> let's make it happen. He's like, oh, well, he goes, let's, let's do it. So, um yeah, 48 hours we had a, a solid plan in place and then I um, I met the guys at a show that we were playing at, um, I think Matthew Flinders, a couple of days later and I said to him, guess where we're going? And Adrian said, well, I said, we're going to Japan. He's like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't joking. I said, like, you know, <laughs> we're really doing it. So So is that later this year? Like, um... Um, We leave 30th of April and we start oh. our first First show, first of May. So we literally fly in and that's it. We we get cracking straight into rock and roll. Right. So it's happening really quickly. You've chucked it all together pretty quick and you're, you're heading straight over there, not wasting any time. No, no. <laughs> let's do it because we want to try and get back to the States at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. So, okay. yeah, definitely wanted to do it now. And, yeah, it seems like an amazing music scene. Like I'd seen some other bands playing there. Um Chris Peters has helped us, like, do this run of shows. Um, he, he'd taken some other bands over there and, um, you know, I've been watching all his videos and when they go live and it just looks amazing. And, um, you know, uh, I met a guitarist on just through Facebook and, um, yeah, I mentioned that we were coming to Japan and, you know, he shared some, some band links with me and his band and, um, I think we're both we both have fur kids, so you know we we're like sharing pictures of our <laughs> of our cat, and um, you know he said he loves Australian rock and roll, and I said you know would you want to join us for a few shows, and um, yeah he said yeah, so it's so exciting, we, you know we've awesome. got a guitarist over there who's like a you know active guitarist who's playing all the time, so he's joining us, and of course we're doing some ACDC covers because he loves ACDC, yep, so um, 
yeah, we picked a couple and he's going to join us for three of the shows. So it's, it's going to be amazing. Oh, cool. So how many shows are you playing over there? Um, we have six now. Um, yep. So I think we're only there for 11 days. So we've got to travel in between. Yeah. I think we, we land in Tokyo and, like, we do our last show in Osaka right. and then we have to go back to Tokyo. So we've got a couple of days to travel and move around and do the little tour run that we're on. Uh, yeah. I think we're waiting to see if we've got one more show booked, but um, six is pretty good for 11 days. Like, um, it gives us yeah. plenty of time. Because you want to yeah. have a bit of a look around as well too, I guess. Like, if you've got a couple of days off there, take a look around because it looks like a, a beautiful country. Uh, definitely on my yeah. bucket list. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I can't wait. Um, yeah, it's gonna be. It's going to be amazing. I know the whole band, Dave and Adrian and and Mize, they're all excited for all the food that they can eat. But <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty. I stick to the same foods. I'm not really game enough to eat things I've never had before. So they're like, "Come on, Carly, you've got to try all the weird food." I was like, "No, thank you." <laughs> yeah, just in case you get crook, I guess. Yeah, so um yeah, I can't wait. So it's gonna be oh, it's gonna be amazing. And to um kind of kick that little run of shows off, I'm launching the video for um Dancing with the Devil, which is a new song we just recorded. So we started recording the album and um yeah, I thought it'd be good to, you know, kind of launch something to just preview what's kind of to come off the next album because hopefully we'll have a new album finished by the end of the year. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's, there's always lots going on. Um, yeah, so it should be, should be really good. And so you've just released, uh, a new video for one of your songs off the Phoenix album, uh, a song called let you down. Yep. Killer video for that one. Is that getting you some yep. good, good feedback and, and stuff like with the video oh, and the song? De- yeah, definitely. And I think, um, having like a visual as well, like kind of has really, you know, yeah, it's it's been a great response and kind of brought more um, people to want to hear the whole album again um, that, you yeah. know, haven't. So the album's kind of just, I mean, it was released in June last year, but people are still just finding it now. So I thought, you know, I wanted to do another video off the album to kind of like, you know, visually show also like who we are and the, the venue we actually played at Deluxe Bar over in Mooney Ponds. And when I clicked on some of the, the images of where we were playing just to have a look, you know, what the venue looked like, I found that the hallway and some of the rooms in there, like, they were just incredible. And we were already booked in to do the film clip that morning. Yeah. And uh, so I spoke to Kobe, who, who organised that show, and I said, do you think it would be possible, if, um, you know, if we could actually film in that venue because it's, it's amazing. So, yeah, he organised that. So it was a massive day. We'd been up, you know, from like 6 in the morning, got ready, went there, did the video and then played there that night. So it was oh. just an amazing venue to film. It was a massive day. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. So what venue was that? The Lux in Mooney Ponds, was it? Yeah. Um, I think um, Kobe was telling us that um, they used some of those rooms in there um, to actually film some of the Underbelly um, series uh-huh. in. Yeah, so, okay. you know, it had very old-fashioned and all the lights and it was just really – it was an amazing venue. Yeah, right. Well, it definitely suited the the mood of the video and the song, so it came out really well. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And when we seen that bar, we kind of knew Dave had to get up on that bar because the mirror behind <laughs> and all those lights. <laughs> yeah. That's my favourite part of the um, the video. 
Well, why don't we give the song a quick spin? We'll chuck it in the middle of this episode. So do you want to introduce that song um, and we'll give it a quick spin in this episode? So this is uh, Let You Down and it's off the Phoenix album and I hope you all enjoy it. Here we go.
Cool. Well, that was Let You Down by Carly Jewell from her Phoenix album, and uh, she'll be releasing, or at least hopefully finishing a new album this year. So probably due for release next year, would you think, the new album? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. want to try and have it finished by the end of the year because we've got plenty of songs to um, to record. Yeah, so you're are you the you're the songwriter, obviously, yeah. in the band because yeah. it's your band. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So what's the general? Uh, like, do you just sort of come up with something on an acoustic guitar or a couple of riffs on the electric and then take it to the band? Is that usually how it works? Yeah, I um, a lot of the times I I have no idea what I would play, so I'll just you know get <clears> together <throat> some like drum beats on I'll use like garage band and create a drum beat and oh, then yep. play guitar or sing along and I don't really have a structure of writing songs like sometimes they get me and it's so inconvenient because like I'm busy or I'm at work and I'm serving people <laughs> I'm like oh god I've just thought of this song and yep. um you know they just I write a lot of songs in my bathroom like I just there's something about being in the bathroom and I'm like oh so I don't know what comes first, whether it's the melody or, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I know I normally get my hook in first. Um, it's the most important part, I think, to, like, make sure you've got a yep. really good hook and then kind of write around that. The other day I wrote a new song and um, I actually wrote it backwards. Um, I've never done that before, but the first part that came to me was like, oh, that that's kind of already the ending. So then I, <laughs> I you know, wrote backwards. I'm like, I've right. never done that before. Yeah, and, cool. um, yeah, I can't really explain how I write songs. Like a lot of people ask me, you know, so, uh, sometimes I think it's uh, such a – almost like your soul is speaking to you. And I know some people won't get that, but it's like sometimes these songs just come out of nowhere. I, I don't know where they come from, you know. And they then, do, yeah. I will take my lyrics to rehearsal or even on stage with me for the next three or four months. Like it's like I'm learning my own song. Um, yeah. Most of my songs take five minutes. They just come out, um, you know, and then if it takes longer than that, then I'll just leave it and it'll just come back to place later on. So, yeah, I just kind of get like a rough melody or record it on my phone or whatever and send it to the guys and basically we just go to rehearsal and – yeah, we don't even write. I'll just start singing. They'll follow the melody and then we just let it fall into place. We've never really had to work on actually writing a song. They've just all happened. And I think, you know, if we we try to make it happen, then that's not how it's meant to be. you just got to yeah. let them fall into place. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we did try with Misery when I when I wrote that, um, you know, as an acoustic track, which I put on the album and we thought, you know, maybe we do it as a full band, but it felt like we knew how we wanted it to sound as a full band, but we just couldn't. And I said, it's obviously, it's just meant to be acoustic. Mm. You know, it's just one of those nice kind of, you know, flowy kind of acoustic tracks. So we just, we just left it. And that was the only time we'd ever tried to do that. And yeah, we were just like, no, it's just it wasn't falling into place, so we just left it and said that's you know obviously that's the sound that it was meant to be. Well, it sounds like a pretty organic sort of process for you guys, not too forced or, uh, and that's probably good for your, um, for you being a live band. Like those songs would translate really well into a live setting because they're almost sort of written that way, almost. 
Like yeah, you've got a, a spark of an idea, but then it sort of takes the writing takes over in a in a live sort of setting in rehearsal, if that makes sense. Yeah. With um, it's funny you mentioned about when the the spark for an idea of a song hits in um hits you in awkward circumstances. Like I've had a few guests on the show that have said similar things, like the the idea for a song will hit them in the shower or while they're driving um you know rarely when you're just sitting down purposely trying to write something will it come to you it sort of comes to you in awkward moments i've sort of said that it hits me in the shower you know obviously don't have my phone on me or or a pen and paper so uh yeah it's funny but um that's the beauty of it yeah yeah, I know. I'll, I'll be really tired or be like, you know, today I'm going to do this after work and then I'm like I'll be driving home and then all of a sudden this this melody and these lyrics are coming and I was like, oh, there goes my whole afternoon of everything I've planned because yeah. if I don't work on it, I could lose yeah. it. And what if it's a really great song? Like every time you go to fall asleep, you'll get a song and you think you'll sing it a few times to yourself and go, no, I'll remember it in the morning. And then yep. you'll lose it. So now I've got to wake up and just record things because, yeah, I never remember what I started writing while I was sleeping. <laughs> nah, no way. Nah. And it just comes to you like that. And it's a it's a beautiful thing, but you've really got to catch it while it's there because I've got a terrible memory. So I've got to sort of either record or write everything down. Otherwise, it's gone. Yeah. Never, never to be heard or seen again. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess it happens a bit differently for everyone, but um, that's that's the beauty of uh, being creative. Um, so, what's your current lineup for your band at the moment? You're a you're a four piece. Yeah, we are. So we've got Adrian on lead guitar, um, Dave, he's the bass boss, and Mars on the drums. So, yeah, Adrian um, was helping us with rhythm guitar for a while, and um, our lead guitarist Nick, he he left to um, do some more stuff with his other band. And, um, you know, they're doing great things and we all kind of got a bit busy and um, I said to Adrian, well, you know, you're, you're already a lead guitarist, you know, you want the job and if I have to play rhythm sometimes, you know, I can do that. But, yeah, Dave's got some fancy stuff going on so the sound's probably bigger than ever now and, yeah, so it's just the four of us and um, lots of exciting things happening. Um, so how would you describe your music? It's obviously rock and roll but uh... – yeah, there's a bit more to it as well. Yeah, definitely. Like we're very um, multi-genre, I guess. Um, I think it's because like I'm a songwriter, so I don't write just rock songs. Like I will write, you know, whatever I feel like. I I don't write for anyone but myself, really, because my songwriting for me is like a just a diary expression, mm-hmm. I guess. Um. You know, so, yeah, we, we're a rock band, definitely rock. Um, but, yeah, some of the songs, you know, I, I was really surprised, you know, when we started getting reviews back from the album and, you know, the, there was people saying, you know, there's, like, heavy melodic stuff in there and, you know, Misery could almost be kind of, I don't know, maybe almost country kind of feeling. I grew up around country music. That's my first thing, you know. Um so it's a little bit of everything. It's just they just are what they are. But I mean, we definitely are 
know how to put on a rock show. Um, Dave and Mars are just rock and roll all the way. Um, Adrian is just amazing. He's got this energy um, about him, you know, that just, I don't know, it, it powers us up as well, you know. You, I don't even know who we become, you know, when we're on stage and, yeah, you just get taken to another place, I guess. So, you know, I don't really... I don't say, you know, I'm just a, a, a rock band because, yeah, we kind of slip in different genres and sometimes they will say, <laughs> I always make sure we've got a reggae song. <laughs> Any of my songs, like, you know, they can be played heavy or acoustic or, you know, we can turn them into whatever we want. Um, I don't know. I think that's the, that's like the magic of being a songwriter. You know, you can take them wherever they want, but I just let them become what they are, you know, um, but, yeah, I mean, we're a rock band. Most of the songs are rock. But they do have that, you know, some have got that pop kind of feeling or, you know, I've got the um, a song. Um, it's not on the album, but I have another song. And I always kind of thought it was a, you know, a rock ballad. But when we went to the States the first time, everyone was like, that's such a great country song, like that country <laughs> rock that, they, yeah. you know, the, the country bands in nashville are amazing like for me they sound like rock and roll like some of them are amazing so when i was told you know it's country music i grew up around old school country music so i'm like uh, it doesn't really feel country to me but you know it's yeah it's a bit of everything it just it is what it is yeah well if you've got a you've obviously got a good band that will sort of go along with your vision and ideas so um that's leaves the possibilities for your songs to go anywhere i guess so that's a good yeah. thing um so yeah tell us about um i was looking on your website and you list your grandfather as your biggest musical influence yeah um, well, so i grew up with my grandparents and um you know um pop was a, a country music songwriter singer um more songwriter but you know he, he actually he still plays live he always plays at the Christmas um, street party in Wentworth. It's really nice to go home. <laughs> All the old country music fans come out, you know, like Wentworth's not a very big town. Um, so, you know, he started writing songs when he was really young. And I think he, he wrote his first song actually on a beer coaster at a pub. <laughs> and, um, he, he got that song to uh, Slim Dusty and Slim Dusty actually recorded that song. But, um, you know, wow. he'd been writing forever and, you know, as a kid, you know, like Pop had his own studio at home, so that was – I was always in there, you know, playing on the keyboards and trying to play guitar. And I think the first – yeah, the first song I ever learned to play was um, Don't Take Your Guns to Town by mm. Johnny Cash. So I'd play the top two strings. I'd stand in front of Pop while he had his guitar. So, um, you know, he bought me my first guitar when I was five years old and um, which I still have <laughs> – with the same nylon strings on it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it just kind of happened from there. And I think I started actually trying to write songs when I was 16 and it was my first song I wrote. And, um, you know, Pop always told me, you know, don't write for anyone, just write for yourself because it's, you know, it's how you express yourself. <laughs> and if you don't want to talk to people, you know, you can do that with music. Yep. So when he played my guitar to me, you know, it was almost like a girl getting a diary, except I had mm. a guitar and he showed me, um, you know, four chords and he was like, if you learn these four chords, you can play anything. You know, so it just started from there. So I'd, I'd always just, you know, he kind of passed that gift on and what music really is and, and how, yeah. um, you know, special it can be. And for me, I think uh, I'm a really sensitive 
you know, emotional person and um, it's my escape. I need that, you know, like I, sometimes things will happen and, and I kind of just shut down but the way to, to let it all out is just grab my guitar and, you know, that's another way of writing songs. I guess everything has come from somewhere either dark or, you know, something that, that I've experienced or had to watch, you know, happen around me and, you know, that's, that's something else that I can use to write. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was talking to – I had Todd Berman on the show earlier this week and we were talking about um, the importance of music and how your your songwriting is there for you in dark times. Um, happy times too, but, you know, when, a, when you're in a dark place, um, I think more so, especially yeah. for me and by the sounds of it, you as well. And I was talking to someone else earlier today because um, he was asking me about music and songwriting and um i was trying to explain to him how i write songs for myself and you've sort of touched on that just now which is funny um and it's kind of a hard thing to explain because um i mean of course you're writing songs for yourself but it's um like i I totally get what you're saying um you're not just writing songs for the band to go and play live, you're actually writing it for a deeper reason. Yeah, um, like I feel like that's where you get that connection from um, mm. as well, people, because you're putting – you're taking them to a place, you know, where sometimes you're at your weakest and they've felt that, they know that. Um, yeah. You know, but they might – they don't obviously, you know, they might not have that musical outlet to create music from it. Like, you know, sometimes yep. if I get happy, I'm like, oh, my God, like I need a really bad day or something. You know, I need some sadness <laughs> in my life. Yeah. And all these things from like I was so – I come home one day and I was so angry and I don't write the riffs but I wrote the riff for Let You Down and I come home and I just like grab my guitar and, uh, you know, I just started playing this thing and I was like, wow, you know, uh, I'm going to – turn this into a song and when I first took it to rehearsal they were like have you been listening to Pantera and me I was like (laughs) 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 and they're like Carly it's not very rock and roll I was like you know I I don't I don't listen to Pantera I was like yeah you know so um that just come out of you know like um yeah like pure emotion it just you know come out and um you know yeah it's just um I think you know, my pop told me when you write for yourself, you know, you, you just you, you've got to stay true. And you know, I, I feel that if you're true to yourself and true to how you write these songs, that you know, people can understand it. Like, I'm not trying to be anybody but just me being real. Like, and I think that's you know, it's really important to have that with music because yeah, you get to connect with people, you know, on so many levels and. Um, you know, but I, I, I've always just done music for myself. Uh, you know, at one stage I thought, you know, I struggled with nerves so bad. I thought I'm never going to be able to play in front of people live. Even my first shows here in Melbourne, um, you know, I would, I would lose like five kilos in a week being so nervous for a show and like yep. walk onto stage tunnel vision and I would never play my guitar for the first song because I would shake and I was like, I don't want people to see that. But the minute the, the minute the music starts, like once I'm into the like chorus, I'm I'm all good. It's all good, you know. Like all of a sudden, you are the music. Like this, you you just become what you are. You know, it's it just takes over and there's no more yep. nerves. But um, 
Yes, every everybody knows how nervous I get. Like even now, I get like silent nerves, but I'm excited. You know, I've had this, you know, for like nine, ten years or whatever, and I'm like, no, nah, it's all good. Like I know, I know what I'm doing. You know, so just got to let yourself do it. Like, um, yeah, there's this voice know. in the back of your head that says, "You're gonna fuck this up. <laughs> You're gonna lose your voice mid set." You're going to fucking slip over on stage. People are going to have, like, just all these little things, and it's just like, shut yeah, up. I know what I'm doing. I've never had any of those fears, like, what if I fall over or what, you know, because I get tangled <laughs> up around cords all the time and I knock things over. I'm, I'm, I'm really clumsy. I do, but I don't even care about that. It's My thing is, like, I don't know these songs. Like, I don't know any of the words. Like, who even, you know, I, I should know. They're my songs. <laughs> I just, um, but yeah, then the, the minute the music starts, I'm like, yeah, what was I thinking? Like, I, I know this. <laughs> yeah, it's such a build-up to gigs, isn't it? Like, um, yeah. I mean, I've got one this Friday night. This is my first one for the year. And yeah. it's been building up since the start of the year, like for me internally and all this week. It's just yeah. everything is almost about that 45 minutes on stage. Um, so I guess, yeah, if you get up there and you kind of feel like you messed it up, it's a it's a big letdown, like yeah. inside yourself, because yeah. it's been such a big build-up, and then you feel like you've fucked it up. No, it's uh, all kind of emotions, but uh, it's always great. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. But yeah, it's amazing what you can sort of drag out of yourself as a songwriter in certain moments. Like if you really uh, channel your your feelings and your emotions you know, mm. into your guitar and into the, and you come up with these lyrics and you look at them the next day or maybe a couple of weeks later and you're like, oh, wow, did I write that? You know, it's, it just sort of yeah. takes you somewhere else. Definitely. Like, I mean, even myself as a performer, when I'm on stage, like, you know, for me, these songs are real and, you know, I wrote them about something close to me and, um, you know, even my album, I tried to tell a story with it because I wanted people to know where all this stuff come from. You know, this is stuff from like 13 years ago when I lost my grandmother, you know, like September and all this and, and misery was about, you know, like depression that, you know, set in when I lost her and just how to deal with it. And then I realised, you know, like it never leaves you. It's, it's, it's it, you know, it's something that follows me home and, and, you know, like misery connected with a lot of people and so did September. You know, I tried to tell a whole story from, you know, from start to finish with the album, which was really, you know, I had to, like, make sure it all kind of went in the year that I, it all happened, you know, so I could explain who I was. And then, you know, right in the middle with Phoenix, um, you know, that song was like, you know, this is us and as a band, you know, this is what we do. And I think, you know, when you're kind of born, like, music's definitely in your blood. Like, you, you can't stop doing it. You know, it wouldn't matter what happened, we'd always be doing this, um, you know. So it was a whole emotion and a whole story. It was, you know, everything I could put into it. And, um, you know, even on stage, like, I remember those songs. Like, I, sometimes I'm a mess on stage. Like, I don't think I ever sing I Won't Cry without crying. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, it's a statement song that I won't cry. But, you know, where that come from, yeah, I always cry. So, um you know, but it's it's good to 
I just want people to know, like, that I'm real and, like, I understand and, you know, like, I've got a really good um, rock and roll family that we've built, you know, here in Melbourne and, you know, we all know each other and stuff and, you know, we all know those songs and, yeah, it's just something amazing to share with these people, you know. So you've got a pretty good team around you by the sounds of it, like a manager, band members and fans yeah, and that sort of thing? Yeah, you know, I felt that was the most important thing to build up a, um, you know, a really good team. So we've got like three photographers on board. So if one can't do it, the other will do it. And they're always the same ones I use. So I've got Lee, Les and Derek who helps me a lot. And, um, you know, so for my artwork, he's also a tattoo artist, Mark Welsh. He's in Geelong. Um, you know, I was really inspired by the artwork by Guns N' Roses and, you know, reading Slash's book and, you know, I'm a big Slash fan and just, you know, how the artwork was all original. And, mm. uh, by the way, I like your T-shirt. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so I wanted everything. You know, if you're a band building, you know, from original and, and doing everything yourself and, and just, you know, working hard and putting the hard work in, I wanted everything to be, handmade you know i even made my own banner um and i don't i don't know how to use a sewing machine so i literally had to hand sew like i wanted the the cross stitches and it took me like three months it was a forever oh, yeah. thing. but i wanted something that was original and i was like you know no one's got this you know so i made my banner and you know mark had done the artwork for me and my logo and he actually made me drive to his house and he sketched my face he's like you know so he drew this like dead kind of version of, of me and he's like you smoke I said yeah I smoke so you put the cigarette in my mouth and he's like just be true like that's who you are you, you swear you smoke cigarettes you're a badass so you know and he does the um the artwork for us and you know I always want to use him and you know we've got um yeah Mark's on board and the band and you know just yeah I've built up a, a quite a massive team and Matt um Robbins you know the producer that we work with and in his studio so you know, I've just kept them all around me and, you know, we all work with each other to, to make sure everything's covered. Um, but that's, you know, I've really learned after doing the album, it's so important to have that that team around you, like that, you know, a lot of people don't see, um, you know, but I make sure that, you know, included in everything we do. And then they get yep. to know you as well. They know your journey. They know, you know, all right, this is next level. You know, what do we got here? Um you know, they just know who we are um, and they know where it's, the story is coming from, you know, because I guess it's kind of a a bit of a story, you know, like it's it's like a soundtrack to your life. But, you know, you've yeah. got to keep that visual in there and, you know, all your artwork. <laughs> and You know, I've got a guy in Mildura, Tony. Um, he's from the Bobby Danger Band. Um, you know, he does all my online promotion like artwork and stuff because i am so shit at that stuff like i make it look like shit <laughs> uh, you know i send him that and he gets all that ready for me so you know there's a lot of people that work with us you know behind the scenes it's a big operation <laughs> well, there's so much to do though isn't there so you need people sort of helping you definitely yeah yeah back in the band days for me like we had more people sort of helping out but i found when i went solo my world just sort of shrunk and it just came all down to me um so mm. i, I kind of feel a lot of that outside of the songwriting and performing like there's a lot of there's a lot on my shoulders that i that i feel sometimes that um yeah i feel like i need to get a 
a bit of a team together, but it's a different it's a different scene with the solo thing. I think like the band days were easy; people were just drawn to it, and it sort of just just happened in a way. Um, yeah. But when you when you're solo, it hasn't got that excitement. I've got to be careful what I say here. It hasn't got that rock and roll excitement, so it's it's more of a a personal internal thing. So, what are some of your favorite albums like that you grew up with and? Um, I would have to say my favorite album would be any album done by Marilyn Manson. (laughs) He's he's my number one. Um, I'm really inspired by Marilyn Manson. uh, Like, you know, his style of writing and the truth. Um, I think a lot of people don't want to hear it. And I think, you know, he's, you know, messed up or whatever. Um, I absolutely idolize him. You know, he's, he's very intelligent and um, oh, yeah. yeah, my favorite artist since I was uh, 13, 14, um, you know, and I went from, you know, playing acoustic guitar and, and um, learning how to play piano to, you know, when I discovered who he was, I was like, that's it. You know, I'm, I'm going to go buy an electric guitar. And, um, you know, it, I was like, it just, it changed me, um, hearing Marilyn Manson. And so, yeah, I mean, there's so much music that I like and so many artists, like I'm definitely, I'm inspired by, you know, like David Bowie, um, even George Michael. It's like, they just, there was no limits on their style of writing. They, they very much wrote for themselves. So it didn't matter what song they wrote. It always worked, um, yeah. you know. So I love David Bowie, George Michael. I absolutely <clears throat> love Sebastian Bach and anything from Skid Row. Uh, yeah, yeah. Definitely, like, um, yeah, I'm just – I'm very inspired by everything, like um, anything musically, really. Um, yeah, I'm I, – I wouldn't have a favourite album. I'm just um, – I love everything. <laughs> I love all, all types of music. Like I listen to jazz music and, you know, I'm, you know, right in there into the heavy metal and death metal. <laughs> um, yeah, everything. Yep. Um, so Skid Row is a big one for you. What um, yeah, did you – I mean, you can't go past Slave to the Grind, the album, but wow. um, I actually really enjoyed the, the album after that. Uh, subhuman race which was a, a lot more sort of raw and sort of right around i think it was 95 so sort of post grunge and they were sort of going for that dirtier dirtier yeah. sound not so polished but I, I thought it was a great album but yeah definitely slaves to the grind i got to meet sebastian in um in hollywood at the rainbow oh yeah and, wow and he said hello to me I was just, I could not speak. It's the first time I've ever not been able to speak. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I actually say hello or anything. It's just going to be like, it's just not even going to make sense. Like I just couldn't actually believe I was, you know, standing there, um, you know, right in front of him. And um, Mars and I were actually at the rainbow and um, I was, you know, I, at first I thought I was looking at this woman, you know, sitting there with this like, amazing beautiful blonde hair <laughs> and i was like oh my gosh i said to Mars, that woman has the most beautiful hair i've ever seen and, and she's really uh, tall <laughs> she's very tall and um he put his arm up to uh, i don't know fix his hair or something and the youth gone wild tattoo was on his arm oh, and yeah. was like that is not a big beautiful woman carly that's sebastian bach and i was like 
are you serious? And, you know, like, he, he turned around and, you know, he said hello and was like, you know, come outside, you guys, and stuff. And I was just, he was like, oh, hey, you know, and I was like, hi. <laughs> I, I couldn't get a hello out. Um, first time that ever happened to me. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. So, what, what was he like to to sort of once you got talking, yeah, yeah. <laughs> once you could actually say something? I, I didn't actually talk. I was just listening. But yeah, no, he was really nice, and yeah, you know, I was talking to Mars, and I I didn't say a thing. I I couldn't. <laughs> Did you get into his solo albums at all? Some of his solo work. Um, like the the last few albums that come out, like the kicking and screaming that that album. Yeah, well, the one before that was uh, Angel Down, which I thought was really, really good album. And then Kicking and Screaming, I thought was a bit ordinary. Um, yeah, think- I've, um, I've got that one. Um, that one lives in my car. Um, that was yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Um, the other one, I don't think I actually really listened to all of the all of the tracks. Yeah. I probably um, got onto the. Pale Emperor, I think the that Marilyn Manson album come out. Oh, yeah. like, when he drops a new album, there's nothing else in my world but new Marilyn Manson. So, <laughs> yeah. And that was that was a great album, the the Pale Emperor. I really got into that one too. Um, the acoustic element I thought was really really great. How he did it, it was still really dark and um, yeah. Yeah, I thought the production was pretty pretty spot on. Yeah, what he tried to do with it, so. That's probably one of my favourite Manson albums, actually. Yeah, um, no, they're, they're all my favourite. I can't pick a favourite. Born Villain was great and uh, what is it? Um, oh, my goodness. Actually, I have a here somewhere. Antichrist, Superstar. Um, what was that other uh, one with? Um, Heaven Upside Down was good. Mob, mob Scene, was that the album or was that a song off the, uh, off the album? I know mob that's scene. a song. Born Villain is great as well. Yeah. Yeah, I like them all. <laughs> yeah, no, he's very, very intelligent sort of guy. I've got to read his book actually. Yeah, I um, I started that, but I I won't finish it. The only time I read is actually when I'm flying to LA. Um, or Japan. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'll have to actually look up some like massive Japanese artists and read their autobiographies before I leave. I love doing that. And then when I get there, then I've like, you know, I go and visit all these places and, you know, I don't know. It's just a thing I do now. So I, yeah, I can't read until I'm on a plane going there. Yeah. It's hard, hard to sit down these days and pick up a book and just sit there for an hour or two and read it. Isn't it? I just can't, I can't do it. Yeah. I try. Too many things to do. Yeah, I yeah I can't do it. No, I've got so many books and I don't do enough flights. <laughs> yeah, I know I've got a shitload of books behind me there. I don't know if you can see to the left, like that big. They're all oh. sort of music autobiographies. And back in the day, I used to read a few, but um, I'm too too slow of a reader, and now I just just don't have the time, and I can't. Can't get around to it, but I still sort of collect them. I figure one day I'll I'll get to reading them all eventually. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they look good on a on a shelf anyway. They um, do. So I'll take a wild guess here, and um, let me guess your your biggest fan would be your grandfather. Yeah, I'll be correct. Yeah. Yep, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, he's um he's very proud. Well, shout out to your grandfather. 
excellent work, um, you know, introducing music to you early on. I think that happens to a lot of people, like someone in the family will introduce, you know, music early on and um, it just, they they take off with it and, um, yeah. you know, I've spoken to like, a few people now. I, I really think that's like songwriting, it's got to be something in the blood. Uh, it's just, it's got to be passed down because... I don't think anybody else in my family can write songs. I think, you know, oh, my cousin actually, my cousin is an amazing artist. He um, he kind of does rap kind of stuff and it just, I don't know where it comes from. He just, It just comes out of him. He doesn't even need to sit down and think about it. He'll just play music and next thing you know, Jack's singing a, a song. So, you know, um, I'm really excited to see, you know, Jack when he really, you know, gets going with his music. Um, I've actually written a song and um, I've left, I left a verse and I was like, I kind of couldn't think of anything. And I thought, oh, this will be perfect. Like, you know, we can do this as a crossover song where, you know, he's, he's, he does, like, he's rapping, but he's such a deep and emotional artist when he sings, like, he literally just rips your heart out, you know, like, there's so much feeling in it, like, he's just unbelievable, and so I was like, you know, I really wanted to, to get him on this, this song that we want to do, and, um, yeah, so I'm excited to do that, that's something else that we're, we're doing as well this year, so lots of things cool. happening. Nice. Yeah. He writes songs in the family, but, um, yeah, I think it's only just a uh, – might be just four of us. My uncle plays guitar and sings. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really good guitar player, and I always love going home to my uncle's house because he, he always plays, like, you know, all the, the Beatles hits and everything, and he just – he um, he does all the picking, and I'm, I just can't do it, and he just does it so easily. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> but uh you know so we you know, yeah it's it's great to be home around that and and to my pop's house and you know we always hang out in the studio and play guitar and nice one yeah so what's uh what's next what's the next show um well we just got asked about a fourth of april i think maybe at central club so i think there's probably more to be announced of that and uh one on the 24th of I april believe. Yeah, so that's exciting. I haven't played oh, who, a... who's that with? <laughs> <laughs> it's a big yeah. one. Um, yeah. It's my first time over that side. Adrian, actually, that's his area, so he's been trying to get a show over there for a while. And, oh, cool. Uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty pretty excited for this one. Yeah, so that's um, that's you and the band. Um, I've got Brett, Frankie, um, myself, and another local whose name has just escaped me, I'm sorry. But, yeah, that'll be on April 24th at Sound System Studios in Sunbury. It's an awesome venue. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to that one. Different side of town too. So, But, yeah, I played there uh, a couple of months ago, I think, and it was really, really good. So um, it's going to be a good night. Yeah, I've had, like, um, a few invites to the venue to watch some bands that I know. But we've either been playing – or we're away, so I, you know, it's hard because all my favourite bands that I'll, I've been waiting and, you know, following for, for like, you know, five or six years now, they won't do many shows, and every time they do, they'll play on the weekend I'm playing, so it's so hard to, to yeah. line it up. 
Well, well even this year I thought I won't book too many shows because when we do, then, you know, shows get offered and we, it's like we're always saying no. So I left it pretty open and already we're, we're filling up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. Just not to book shows, just to book a tour, something at the end of the year and everything else just falls in between. So it's definitely worked out well. Well, Japan sounds very exciting and uh, the new album and the US tour later in the year. So it sounds like you've got a busy year ahead of you. So um, all the best all the best for that. Um, so people can catch you on all the, all the socials um, and you've got your own website, carlyjewel.com. Yep. Um, yep. So I'll chuck all, the, all your links in the show notes and um, – yeah, hope people dig the new song. Go and check out the video as well. Go and check out what Carly's doing. Thanks very much for coming on the show today, Carly. Thanks so much for having me. Nice to sort of meet you. Um, yeah. We haven't actually met yet, but in a couple of months we will in April. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, good to finally get you on the show. So um, thanks for having a chat and hope everybody digs the song and digs this episode and yeah go and check out carly's work there's lots happening over there so thanks again carly no worries all right we'll catch you guys later thanks again for tuning in and we'll be back again soon for another episode of fox on the wire see ya